Hello, this is Pastor Paul, and I'm an associate pastor at Living Word Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to say thank you for joining us today, because I know the word from Pastor Doug will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the word. Enjoy today's message. It's good to be a part of the plan of God, and you're part of the plan of God. I've been sharing for some time things that I believe are on God's heart. That's what I always do when when I I come before you. It's not to represent my own thoughts, though I, I would like to think most of the time my thoughts are lining up with His thoughts. That's what Scripture does for us. It shows us what God is thinking or how God thinks. And then we make an adjustment, if we love Him, to line up with His thinking. That's really the primary reason God uh, uh, put in, in force the church. When Jesus established the church, it was so that we could come into a greater knowledge of Him. And as we line up with that knowledge, our life gets better. Because this earth and everything God created in it still responds to the Word of God. But we have to hear it in order to respond. We're in a, a time right now that I believe is critical to our Christianity, to our witness, to our ability to, to represent the Lord in the earth the way we're supposed to, without restriction. I remember saying to you, bringing to you what was the word of the Lord to me when he, he, he spoke into my heart about this whole virus and the, the season, that the enemy was out to divide every righteous relationship. I will go a little bit further to say, even in this, he's using the virus to divide a nation, to divide many Christians away from their primary responsibility as leaders in the nation. You may not know it, but you're ordained to be a leader in this nation. You may not serve in in politics or public office, but through your representing Christ, you lead in life, Scripture says, as a king and as a priest. It means that we submit our will to the will of God. Today I want to point at some more thinking about that because I want your your mind to be renewed to the time that we're living in. We are at a critical moment. Any pastor in his pulpit today that does not say that is not hearing from God today. It's an important hour to be very clear about the will of God. Now, when I say these things, I know I'm being a little bolder than some preachers are going to be in this generation. But I've studied both Christian history and our national history enough to recognize preachers have always had a voice in the future of the nation. And I will not back away from that calling or responsibility. I know that God called me out of obscurity. I wasn't going to be a preacher. I couldn't even imagine standing in front of people, letting alone talking to more than one person at a time. But he raises us up into a position of leadership where he has called us to be. And we come into times in our life where we recognize this is one of those moments that really, really matters, not just to God, but to God's people. As I represent the Lord Jesus to you, I also go to the Lord representing you to the people. In in, in praying for our nation, particularly that way, and also for our church. I came into a season of of prayer and fasting for some time now, intermittently, before the Lord, because several years ago, things started to radically shift, and I recognized it. 
I shared with you the last few weeks that just 15 years ago, 65% of Americans called themselves Christian. Now it's 45%. Why the radical change in such few years of 20%? Because there's been many people step aside from Christian faith to become more secularized. What that means is to just be more in line with modern culture without God. Now, I believe that, that time has come in, in God's way of seeing things, that things are out of whack and out of balance, and we have a responsibility to the Lord to be aware, to make decisions that are God-honoring, to be motivated more by the Holy Spirit than our own thinking. When I say I represent the Lord Jesus, it, 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 that's referenced in Colossians 3.3. My life is no longer my own. My life is hid with Christ in God. That means if I want to know what my life is supposed to be about, I will go to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, I need to know. How do I represent you in this life? And say, well, you're a preacher. Preachers get carried away with that. Maybe. But so, too, is every Christian supposed to be aware of that. When we call Jesus Lord, we're saying it's not what I think that matters as much as what you think. And then we apply that to life, and I can't apply it to your life, but you can. And the more of us that choose to do that, the more our nation will identify again with Christianity. Because it was founded on, I've studied the earliest Christian preachers in America. I've read all the sermons in print by all of them that, that are printed and published. They all had a strong voice in moments like this. They pointed directly to what the scripture would say about the will of God in making decisions to govern our nation. And I will and am de dedicating today to showing you some things in the word that will alarm you how similar they are back then to what we're living now. There's a way to look at scripture in the Old Testament. We know Old Testament is the Old Covenant. We're in the New Testament age, the New Covenant church. That means everything that, that we receive from God comes to us because of who Jesus is and what he did, and we choose to have faith in his name. But when we look to the Old Covenant, we see patterns in history where people were closer to God and then they fell away from God. We're closer to God and they fell away from God. And there's always been a remnant that were God's people and scripture says whenever God's remnant, his people will cry out and repent for a nation and pray, God will hear from heaven and he will heal the people of the land. I am believing for and calling for that to happen now unabashedly and openly because I believe that that's, that's a time in, in my life, in my generation, I have never recognized a more important time. And that didn't happen because of circumstances or watching the news. It came by what the Holy Spirit spoke to me 20 years ago when he told us to come back here. So I'm tying things into what I know the will of God to be in my life is to share his word and what I hear from the Holy Spirit in my heart to share with you. We are in a relationship with the Lord where we should be hearing what he has to say and paying attention, close attention to it. There's so much at stake that I would say the generations to come before Jesus' return will look back at this moment, this particular week we've entered into, particularly Americans, and they will judge our generation by the decisions we make this week. 
Now, you can, you can write that in your little book, hide and watch, because it'll be so. Now, I believe it'll be for good reason and right reason. I believe that God's will is to see a great awakening in his church and a great reviving in the world because of what is happening now. I believe that people everywhere are waking up thinking, gosh, th things are, are tough. I believe we need the Lord. Now, there's a moment that in history that always proves out to be a wisdom moment. It's turning to God before we have to. It's choosing to turn to him because he's the author of good before things get so bad that we're longing for just a little bit of good. Well, we're right there. Uh, the, the, the text today is Revelation 3.18 where the, 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 we, I shared with you the letters to the churches. And one of those letters was written to the church at Laodicea. And I'm not saying that, that we at Living Word are like a Laodicean church, but the American church has become so much like that. A lukewarm, sleepy church that doesn't take action where they should. I remember how incensed I was when I was told church can't meet. I said, now wait a minute. Scripture says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It doesn't say for the sake of anything. It says not to do it. And I thought it's coming down to somebody dictating living differently than God's word. And that is all messed up. If God is the highest authority in our life, he has good reason to remain that authority. Why? He's our healer. Do we want to turn to the healer or turn to the disease to dictate future? Now, that's just a little thing, okay? I recognize it's being politicized every kind of way, and I'm not out today to stir up political angst in anybody. But I am very much wanting to stir up a, an awareness of how God thinks about things and what he expects from his people how he expects us to rise up and be a bold witness right when we're being told to be intimidated and be silent. Throughout history, Christian witness would depend on a few bold people that would rise up and say and do the right thing in the middle of chaos. Well, we're in the middle of chaos now. This is to that church, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. In other words, there's a price to be paid. There has to be a willingness on our part to, to step out to do the right thing. And that's what he's talking about here. He said, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you might see. I'm believing today that, that that will happen for you. I believe that is happening today across America. I believe that preachers that have never been anointed to preach this way are today being anointed of God the first time because their eyes have been opened. I believe that there's been an opening of eyes to America as truth comes out and also as deception is, is revealed. See, Pastor, why would you say that? Because there's light and there's darkness. God didn't need the darkness to balance out light. He said light be. He never said darkness be. He said light be. So God is unmistakably always wanting to reveal openly what truth is. And I believe he's about that now. Why? We pray that the Holy Spirit reveal openly everything that we need to know about in our nation and in our local government too. Now, I'm going out of, to, in, into the New Testament, Acts chapter 7. We're going to remain there because I want you to see something that is an Old Testament recap of a story. It is uh, told by Stephen, who at the time was considered, it says right, right in Scripture, he was full of faith and power. He was outdoing the works of Jesus and presenting the gospel, and the religious leaders called him in to check him out. They weren't sure whether he was the real deal or not. 
they were hearing that the same things in Stephen's ministry were happening that happened under Jesus' ministry. And there had been some people overjoyed about it, and there were some people overwrought about it and wanted him taken out. So the religious people stood in the middle of God's joy and the ungodly's angst. And the high priest represented that middle ground where he was supposed to hear it out and decide legally what was going to happen to Stephen and the, the message that he was speaking. Interesting to me that, that as we look at this chapter, he says Stephen was full of faith and power. Whenever you're full of faith and power, it will cause the devil to get his ire up. It will always cause the people of God to have greater faith. My desire today is to do both. Why, the devil's already got his ire up. He doesn't like hearing God's word preached anywhere. But I believe that your faith will be stirred today. I believe that your witness will be stirred today. I believe that your heart will be stirred today in a passion that comes from heaven that is not an earthly passion. God said to Abraham, this is Stephen speaking to the high priest and all those that were assembled, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the promised land where I will reveal to you, which I will reveal to you. He's referencing Abraham, who is the, considered the, the father of our faith in the Old Testament. He was the beginning of the nation of Israel and God speaking to him to become God's people. Abraham was educated at Ur of the Chaldees. He was the intellectual set of the day. He was in the most prosperous city in the world at that time. And God was calling him out of what he knew as the world system where he had great success already. God was calling him out of that to call him into the land of promise where he could not discern or see where it was or what kind of future he would have. Now that's faith. Today we've got political leaders saying, believe me, trust me, you better trust nobody but God. But you better hear from him, who is it that's lined up more with God's agenda? Because we have to choose a national leader. And I will speak into the qualities that God values in leadership. It's not religion, it's relationship. When you look at who God used in the scripture, they weren't religious in a traditional sense that we think of religion, pious and soft-spoken and mealy mouth, I call it. They weren't like that. They were people who chose to trust God and would rise up and be strong on his behalf. And scripture says even to do exploits. It means things nobody else could do. Things nobody else could imagine. That's the kind of leader God chooses. Now, he, had, he, he said, go, come unto the land, get out of one place and come into the land that I've promised. I, I believe we're, we're at a moment in history that is like this yet again, where God is speaking to his people to come out from among the world, come out from among the modern opinion, come out from among the modern philosophy and trust God and come into not just a place of relationship, but a way of living that honors the master. Many Christians I know don't live as passionately for Christ as they did 15 years ago either. There's a 20% that no longer identifies as Christians and there's about 20 more percent that have become complacent. Complacent means we don't live and act on our faith. To live and act on our faith causes God to be in the majority in this nation if people will rise up and just do that. Say, so, well, that's just a matter of prayer. No, it's not a matter of prayer. It's a matter of doing. Prayer leads us into right doing. 
When I, I pray, Lord, give me your word for the people, there's a praying, but then there's a digging into the word to find it, to bring it so that we can choose to do it. The proof of Jesus' lordship in our life is what we do, not what we say or believe, but what we end up doing. We will end up doing what we believe and say eventually. That's how we have what we say. We have some doing in it. But God promised the, the latter half to Abraham. He said, if you come out of one, I will lead you into the other. How much easier is it to live that way when we can have church, when we can worship I remember when, when preachers were being shut down some years ago and told they could no longer be political. Something on the inside of me said, that is totally, completely wrong. Why? I know my Christian history. I know the history of this nation. The preachers had a louder voice than most politicians in, in helping under, people understand how to have God on our side. And our nation was founded on that. As they take down monuments and erase the name of God out of things, beginning with the schools, it's a travesty to the future because it sets people up to trust in man instead of trusting in God, and that is totally messed up. When we trust in man, we'll go in the ditch because man without God is blind. That's why I started with the I salve verse because we, we can live in this world and I'm going to tell you without God's word in your life, you will become blinder and blinder to the will of God. And as a nation, that's what's happened to, to the, the number that's fallen away. When we quit hearing God's word and doing God's word, our eyesight, our ability to know what God wants, our ability to see God's blessing in the future grows strangely dim. And as it grows strangely dim, the powers that be in this world seem to become lighter and all of a sudden darkness becomes light instead of light overcoming the darkness. And that's where our nation is falling. I believe we're at a crossroads. I know that we're at a crossroads to be a part of changing that. I had somebody say to me, not, not in our church, somebody on the outside this week asking what I thought about a lot of things. And I answer this, well, it doesn't matter what I think, I'll tell you what God thinks. That's much more important. So I was talking about what God thinks the place grew silent and people were listening because most people don't understand God's just looking for who will agree with him so he can do his thing. His thing is always to bless. But in, in our history, when preachers were silenced back there, something inside of me said, this is totally wrong. And I, I, I've, I won't go into any more detail about the, the Christian preachers. I wish I had hours. I would start preaching to you some of George Whitfield and some, some of these, these men that stood before the nation and were more well-known than the politicians because the politicians gave ear to the preachers. Wouldn't that be something? Anyway, <laughs> the nation to whom my people shall be in bondage will I judge, says God. The nation to whom my people come into bondage. If God's people come into greater bondage, watch him judge this nation. Why? It's a pattern in Christian history. I'm not proclaiming something God did. See? It, all I have to do is say, oh, this was a cycle that happened again and again in Scripture. People loved God, served God, were blessed by God, fell away from God. The devil got in there messed with God's people. God's people repented and cried out because they came into terrible bondage and they wanted out of bondage. 
There's only one way out of man's tyranny, and that's a Savior called Jesus Christ. Now, the nation to whom my people shall be in bondage will I judge, says God, and after that they shall come forth and serve me in this place. He's talking about a physical place, the nation of Israel, but for the church, he's talking about the place where we are. We are God's people wherever we are and wherever we live. And, and what he's telling, letting us know, even if things were to go a wrong way and judgment came on the nation, he will bless his people who serve him. So what do we want to do? We want to line up in serving him in this decision, even though, and I started to tell this a minute ago in public, somebody said, well, our voice in Illinois doesn't matter. Our vote isn't going to count anyway if we're conservative. I said, what are you thinking? Your, your vote doesn't count. It counts with God. That was a revelation to people in the room. They're like, oh, it matters to God. Yeah, it matters to God more than it matters to us because we give God something to work with. So I don't know what your tradition is, but Tuesday morning I will be up with bells on and I will dress it with, with some red on me and I will go in to vote just because that's how I'm going to do it. I've always done it that way. They shall come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. Abraham and all of his family got circumcised that day. Why? Because they were in covenant with God and there was a shedding of blood and there was a submission to God particularly in, in circumcision that marked them and set them apart for a season. What God did is work to work in their heart in that moment. We have a new covenant today. It's a covenant of grace. It's a covenant where Jesus comes into our heart and he, he circumcises our thought life. He cuts back our own way so that we can have it his way. He cleans up our act. He changes our nature. By, and it's not so much physical as it is spiritual. And when we receive a spiritual change, he changes the way we're thinking. This message has a, a, a bit of circumcision in it where God is saying, won't you, won't you let him cut away the flesh so that his spirit living inside of you can dominate your thought life? Why, that's our healthy place. That's our promised land. We're living here. The United States is not our promised land. Our relationship with Jesus is our promised land. So wherever our feet tread, we're in our promised land. If we're walking in relationship with him, if we're just in religion, you can chunk all that to the wind. Why? So many religious leaders today have become more politically correct than they are scripturally correct. When that happens, don't think the blessing of God will be on that work because his word by his Holy Spirit instills his blessing. There is no other covenant. Our covenant is one of grace in God's word, the Lord Jesus being the living word, being the author and finisher of our faith and the executor of covenant. He's the one that makes it happen. He gave him a covenant. I think of, today I think of not just the preachers, but the patriots. I, I would encourage you, history's not being taught the way it should be in many schools. I'd get some books, old-timey paper books. If you don't know where to get them, I will tell you I have library rooms in our house, rooms of books. Why, there are things no longer available any other way. But I'd read what really happened here. I would read about what, how God was interwoven in everything and teach it to our children so they're not brainwashed otherwise. Now, 
and the patriarchs sold Joseph. God brings deliverers. Deliverers are not typically always orthodox. They're not always somebody you would think God would choose. Anybody that I've met that is anointed of God recognizes they would not have chosen themselves if they were God. <laughs> they, 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 we, we don't see ourselves the way God does. He chooses us to do something that he knows we will obey him in. He looks for a willingness and he looks for obedience. And he says, if we will marry those two things in his will, we will eat the good of the land. So I, I'm determined as the body of Christ, we eat the good of the land. Now, and the patriarchs sold Joseph. God raised up Joseph, the, 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 the baby in the family, or, or one of the youngest children in the family, to be a, a deliverer. Joseph didn't know that was his destiny. He was daddy's favorite child. He was not expecting to be used of God to change the, the destiny of, of an entire people. Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery, and I'm sure Joseph felt bad about that at first, but God used it. Now, I want to, this is all quoting an Old Testament story that many times I like to go back and point at the Old Testament. It's happening already in Acts chapter 7. So this is, this is quoting the Old Testament story. And the patriarchs of the fathers sold Joseph into Egypt. Joseph's name means God has added Egypt is descending into the world system. The word Egypt means descending into the pit, essentially. So Egypt, though it was the highest, most wealthy and educated culture of the day of Abraham, and it sat on the Nile River where they had irrigation, they had crops, Joseph and had to go into Egypt, the brothers had to go into Egypt to buy corn, Scripture says, to be sustained. The way God saw it, instead of them trusting God as their source, they turned to the world system in Egypt and they went downhill from that moment. They went downhill and they ate, but they became immediately dependent on the government system. Many Christians have made choices like that to be dependent on the government or somebody else to take care of them instead of looking to God as source. You hear me say at offering time, we acknowledge God as our source, even though we have jobs or businesses, farms or responsibilities to fulfill many times working with or for another person. We recognize it's a situation God has given us in our life where God can provide. When that is put to the test, like it was in Joseph's day, when, when suddenly they couldn't get food any other way, People turned to the world. It's a warning to us in this time. Don't depend on the government. Depend on God. Don't depend on promises. Depend on performance. Don't depend on what you think would be easier for you. Easier is not always God's way. Why God desires a commitment in us from the heart that depends on him. Whenever we're not depending on God and we depend on man, God will judge that. That's the pattern of history happening in this story about Joseph. Now, the patriarch sold Joseph, which means Jehovah has added to Egypt. In other words, everything Jehovah had added went downhill because they sold Jehovah has added down the river. 
When this 20% of Americans choose to turn away from God, recognize what they have done. They have sold out what Jehovah has added down the river for the next generation. God raised up Joseph to restore the family of God to the rightful place in the earth, to not depend on the world system, but to choose to depend on God and put their faith in him, regardless of what was happening, regardless of the famine. But Joseph was removed from his brothers and his dad. So the brothers and the dad had to come to Egypt as beggars, and Joseph had to come in as a hired servant. But Joseph, because of his faith in God, rose to leadership in the nation. He became very quickly trusted over the riches and the grain and, and everything that the people of God would need. He suddenly became the steward of. Recognize God's design on your life is to give you leadership and give you responsibility that counts for the kingdom. We're not to answer first to man. We're to answer first to God by putting him first. Joseph maintained that relationship, and even though temporarily he was imprisoned and he was in trouble and he was a servant, things kept happening to him that weren't right. But in the end, before the end, God exalted him. Though our nation be in trouble, God will exalt the people that turn and repent and call on him. Joseph did some repenting for the family. How odd. They sold him out. They sold out God's future. But God did a work in Joseph's heart to cry out for the rest of the family. And then God sent the family back to him. He was the instrument of their deliverance and of, of their being taken care of, even with food. Now, in this story, Joseph represents the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, not a government. Joseph is what Scripture calls a type of Christ. In other words, we can look to, to what happened with Joseph and see Jesus acting through him in an Old Testament way to save his people. We can see Jesus being raised up from a place of servant to a place of lordship to a place of granting good back to the family. That's who we represent. Now, the patriarch sold Joseph into Egypt because man has historically deposed the plan of God when it gets a little uncomfortable. Looking for the plan of man. Now, but God was with Joseph. God was with him. God is with you. God is with us. Now, and delivered him out of all his afflictions. Now, there came a, a great affliction. It says, and our fathers found no sustenance and joined themselves to Egypt, joined themselves to Egypt to be sustained. That's the error of this moment in so many turning to the government to take care of them. It's ungodly and it's wrong. We're to turn to God and honestly the church is to, to be the empowered entity to help the poor, to help the widows, to help the orphans. All of that was surrendered over time because Christians didn't want that responsibility anymore to let the government do it. That was a big mistake. Now, anyway, can that all be restored? I'd like to think so, and I know in the millennial reign it will be. God will have Christians ruling the earth. That's what the scripture says. Wow, I can't wait. I don't have to preach anything like this anymore. <laughs> now, what was happening, they, they became dependent on Egypt. Now, I'd ask you to to think about how you think about your livelihood. How easy it is for wrong thinking to get in and we think, oh, 
I've got to be first about my, my work and my schedule and my productivity. When we start feeling and thinking things like that, the world system has got a hook in us for dependency. How uncomfortable it is to be caught between a God who wants all of our heart and a world that demands the same. Be mindful of the test to come after this election for your allegiance. Be mindful that there is a hook coming to try to make things more difficult and cause you to reach out more to do things the world's way than God's way. I would read all the verses you can about faith right now. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that faith teaching went a little bit out of vogue, but I'm telling you it's about to swing back in full force. Why? We know Jesus is the author of our faith. He's also the finisher, and he's got some things he's wanting to run to the finish line with. Now, there's been an attempt to turn the United States away from the land of opportunity to the land of dependency. I point out what happened in Joseph's cycle as that danger. And if God could speak through one, he can certainly speak through his whole church. If God can redeem that from destruction, he can certainly do it again. But that's a cycle in history that we watch for. Whenever things get a, a little, little tough, people tend to turn to, who can I turn to? We want to put our full faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Now, we're called out to give voice to God's will. We're called out of the Egypt system right now to give voice to God's will. Your vote represents that. Your attitude represents that. Your faith represents that. In a similar setting, someone asked me very loudly for everybody to hear, do you think things are going to get better or get worse? I said, it depends on who we turn to for better. If we turn to man, it'll get worse. Why? People don't know what they're doing without God. Scripture says we're blind without him. And if the blind lead the blind, we'll all fall in the ditch. Well, I, for one, don't want to fall in the ditch, all right? I want to be able to walk in, in, in the highway of the Lord, is what Scripture says, is a, a clear path into His presence. Now, we're called out to give voice, and the second time Joseph was made known to his brothers, they all came begging for corn or buying corn. Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Something happened in God's kingdom where God's people suddenly were honored and exalted because of their faith. That happened a little bit in the last election cycle. It is God's plan for it to happen yet again in a bigger way. Now, there I said it. The body of Christ was made known. Without the evangelicals, it, it is said that we, we wouldn't have our current president. You may not like his personality. I've learned something about leaders. They don't always have sweet personalities. God's chosen doesn't always have sweet personality. Joseph seems to have been, maybe he was on the sweeter end of things, but Moses was not. See, when, when, when Joseph went through that cycle, Pharaoh turned and said, Joseph, let's put your family in a special place. Let's give them this land over here that is wonderful and uh, among the best. And, and they went there and lived and thrived for generations did well. But then another Pharaoh came 
and there was trouble. Because God's people forgot where their help came from. God's people pulled back from the God of provision because the land was rich enough that all they had to do is work a little bit and they were okay. Gee, it sounds like an entitlement mentality came into God's people back there. And though they were blessed by Joseph and saw deliverance and saw a mighty work of God and they had carved off a special place in Egypt just for them to live, which was like the land of perpetual spring where their crops grew year round and they were thriving and multiplying, suddenly they found themselves apart from God and slaves to that nation. And they had gone from being celebrated as a key part of the culture celebrated as God's people in the land of Egypt that saved Egypt from destruction. Suddenly, after a period of time, they now were slaves to Egypt and under the whip and under bondage to make the bricks. God had to raise up another deliverer. I want to ask you, does life have a little bit of a whip sound in the air to you? A little bit of make bricks without straw and we will feed you, a little bit of attitude? I see all of these things that are scriptural history that have also been a cycle in our natural history that when people pull away from God, there is a judgment why God loves his people and he doesn't want it to stay that way. But if his people will cry out, God will avert the judgment why we have a savior. His name is Jesus. And Jesus came to stop us from having to be judged in this life because we have faith in his name. Adds a new value to church, I think, doesn't it? Now, the body of Christ was, was made known in, in that last cycle. I believe that. I believe that, that people could have uh, turned to God but didn't. Why? Because most Christians said, oh, uh, the coast is clear. We've got a, a president listening to Christians. How happy I am. And Christians didn't repent and change their way. So what happens is a greater percentage of people choose to deny Christ because they don't see him living in those that, that he calls the church. The time of the promise drew near. In other words, God was bringing his people into the promised land anyway. The promised land for us is a type of the rapture of Christ. The time drawing near when all of this is over. And Jesus comes for his church and, and will judge the earth. And there will be a millennial reign. And then there will be a final judgment. All that's too, too much to talk about in, in, in a short time like this. But he, he's pointing to a, a place in cycle where what God's doing in the earth was changing. He was moving them into their physical promised land. But here's, here's the catch. He said, everything was going fine. The people were thriving and multiplying until another king arose, which knew not Joseph. How is that significant? Because the leaders in the nation didn't know the type of Christ anymore. Joseph being a, a picture of the church in the last generation. Joseph being a picture of any believer that will trust Christ to see deliverance and be raised into leadership and influence in this life. There is a, 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 a manifestation of Joseph likeness in Christ in you. To be a part of something bigger and to be an influencer. But there arose a, a king, a pharaoh, that forgot all about, didn't know who Joseph was. I will submit to you, we can, we can have a leader who knows religion, but has no real relationship with Christ. 
Or we can have a leader that has a relationship with Christ but seems to have no religion. It should be an obvious choice. We're purveyors of a relationship, personal relationship, with Christ Jesus himself. Not religion, not religious thinking, not playing on the heartstrings of denominations, but knowing what does the scripture say and what does God hold us accountable and responsible to do for him. To recognize that God raises up unorthodox leaders as his deliverer most of the time. He will choose somebody that man wouldn't choose to work through because there is a willingness in the heart to hear what is important to God. I choose leaders in my life that have an interest in what God has to say. Even if it seems like they don't know how to talk right about him, they're thinking right about him. I'll let you draw your own conclusion there, but I'm taking you right to it on purpose. Our leader in right relationship still calls for in God we trust. If the powers that want to be strike that, God help us. And I'm going to tell you, we don't blame the leaders. We wear that if we let that go. Too much has happened. I remember going to school in kindergarten, and we still prayed in kindergarten. We said the Pledge of Allegiance. We sang some hymns for music in kindergarten. Why? The kindergartners, we, we mostly knew them. And the, the worst thing that happened is sometimes the, the teacher would have to choose, are we going to sing the Catholic version or the Protestant version of something? And it depended on the teacher. That was the ruling. Whoever's teaching gets to decide. That was the worst evil thing about religion is which version of the hymn will you sing? We had no sense of a teacher not loving God or a teacher misleading children or parents worrying about that. How much things have changed since that was 1966 I went to kindergarten. How much things have changed since then. God is calling for a reformation through his people. If he doesn't get his way, we will become such an exception that we will become persecuted and ridiculed and life will not be the same. That's what's on the line. Now I want to go a little further in this story and I'm glad there's 13 minutes left till 11.30, but there's 18 minutes until 11.45. All right, now. Be aware of cancel culture and what is really happening. To the next verse, this is verse 19, ungodly leaders de dealt subtly or sneakily or behind the scenes or with their own agenda and treated our fathers with evil so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. The generations to come were going to pay a price for God's people turning to the government as a source, to the government as savior, to the government as leader. Recognize even with the COVID as a, a, the devil's instrument to create division. Who speaks fear? 
And who speaks faith? COVID's COVID. COVID's a sickness. It's real. It's problematic. It's an issue. We're learning how to deal with it. We're learning how to, to overcome it. But Jesus is still the healer of that. So listen, where, where, where is their faith and where is their fear? And understand that the devil sent COVID, a religious, a, a ridiculous thing, a disease to determine the course of a nation. Only the devil would send something to kill to try to get his way. So you have to recognize where things really come from. I believe that I've seen for generation now liberal educators with the wrong spirit about them trying to pervert the minds of children. As parents, I'll say what I've said again and, and, and again. You need teaching for young children at Sunday school or God help you as a parent. Why? M most parents I know don't have as much time at home as my parents did or that I even did. My kids are, are long since grown. I've had more time at, at home with my kids than probably most of you, especially if you're younger. We've got to do what Scripture says is right in honoring the Lord if we want right values in a nation. Sadly, when it comes down to it, the church being in compromise for years and years and years, scores of years, has brought this on. With right thinking and uncompromising teaching from the Scripture, right values are at least portrayed. They're not always chosen, but they are portrayed. Right now we're being told they can't be portrayed anymore. No. I heard a statistic and I went online to verify it any number of ways. Thinking about how, how people throw away the next generation and thinking about abortion. You don't hear me hit hot issues very often, but I'm going to hit that one. Because I, I heard a statistic and I didn't believe it. And it was, it was uh, toward all the racial division right now. And I'm seeing so many, so many leaders of color raise up because they're getting right information. It said 42% of black babies are being aborted in America now. I didn't believe it. I thought, I've never heard that before. I knew the number, what, 42%? I ask you, how can God be in that? How can he support an agenda or a nation or a leader that would be for that? Then it, it broke it down, 14% white, 15% Hispanic. And there were other statistics that went right on down. I thought, what have we come to that many Christians think their personal right to think that is okay is more important than God's heart toward children? Now, I point that out because I believe the nation largely has chosen to turn a blind eye to that, and church has decided, well, this is just the way it is. It does not have to be that way. That's a much deeper subject theologically than I have time for as I bring this together. But I want to point out other ways children are thrown to the wind. Somebody else sets... Your kids' values, thank God for our Christian educators. We have a number of them in our church. Thank God for that. Christian administrators, Christian school, thank God for that. But when you're a Christian educator serving in a secular setting, you're not allowed to do certain things anymore. 
There's coming a point that either the nation turns to repentance or God's people have to go underground with teaching truth. Do you recognize in much of the world today it would be illegal to have a service like this where we openly worship God? Well, America will never go there. I thought that as a young man. I remember when I was a young man, being a preacher was as celebrated as being a brain surgeon. Sure not anymore, I can tell you that. That's how much things have changed. Now, cancel culture, that's what I want to talk about. Ungodly leaders doubt subtly. Any leader in relationship with Jesus knows that these things are wrong. Wrong decisions now will sell out children, our children. That's why it's so important to have a voice. I, I, I believe this with all my heart when I study the scripture. As God's man, as God's child, when I choose to honor God with my beliefs, my decisions, my, my generosity, my vote, everything that I do representing the Lord Jesus, even if the world goes the wrong way, God will see to it I go the right way. That's our faith in the man. I don't want you to walk away thinking, oh, dear God, if it doesn't go right, we're hopeless. Now, if it doesn't go right, we're in trouble as a nation. But if it doesn't go right and your faith and trust is in the Lord Jesus and you have demonstrated your lordship to him and the decisions that you make, his protection is on you. And you come into promise in your life because the promised land is wherever you walk, wherever you go, wherever you speak God's word before you go. I like to think every time I'm taking a new step, I proclaim the blessing of God before me and behind me. Why behind me? I don't want an attack from behind. And I want to, want to proclaim God's goodness into my future. That's what we're doing today. That's the nature of this message. Now, sometimes God sends an unorthodox type of Christ. I've mentioned this and understand who you are. You are probably somewhat unorthodox. Why, we're not Jesus. He just lives in us. We don't always listen to him. Sometimes we act up. Sometimes we say things we wish we hadn't said because we recognize that wasn't even right. That really sounded stupid or that was just not even God. Why? We're, we're, we're a bit unorthodox. Understand you are a type. You are a deliverer for God. Not so much a Joseph as maybe a Moses. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house, the, the most educated and privileged of any Jew, of any of, of Abraham's descendants of the day. He had everything going for him, including being next in command to the one who would rule Egypt, his brother. He had every reason to fully submit to the world system, and God had anointed him to walk in authority. He just didn't misuse that authority. He decided, I'm going to turn away from Egypt and, and lead God's people out. As I prepared and, and prayed about today, the Holy Spirit spoke to me something I prophesied more than 10 years ago, that God was raising up a generation of Moses people, people that would be deliverers to a nation, people that we be, would be deliverers, not just to God's people, but to anyone who would hear the voice of the Lord. And you're one of those. What does that mean? Even if you're unorthodox, even if you don't have it all together, if you love Jesus with all of your heart, I'll say it even, even if you're half-hearted, but you make a decision for him, he's going to use you to lead people out of bondage. That's why we're here when we say, take Jesus out and bring people in. That's what I mean by that. 
We're here to make life better for as many people that want to hear his word as possible and choose to serve him. This is verse 20, in which time Moses was born. Why, God had to raise up another deliverer. Because people after 400 years got in trouble again. Big trouble, all kind of bondage. They were slaving away, making bricks. And Pharaoh was trying to kill their babies. And God didn't, God didn't blame Pharaoh. You see that in the story? God doesn't hold government accountable for government. He calls us accountable for the government. That's a hard lesson. In which time Moses was born, he was raised up in Pharaoh's house. He had stammering lips, even though God, God called him to be the deliverer and the spokesperson. He was to deliver God's people into God's plan. Israel had forgotten how much God was in their beginning in Egypt. When you think of cancel culture and they're trying to take away elements of Christian history, this has been going on a long time. I remember getting in trouble in fifth grade when I stood up at, at show and tell in fifth grade, probably like you have done and some other bold young people and shared a testimony for Christ. My teacher, though she was Christian, went to Olivet University in Kankakee, knew the Lord Jesus. She and I had talked. She said, you can't do that in school. I went to her afterwards. I said, why can I not share my faith in school? We're not supposed to do that here. The government does not approve. I remember then going to my pastor and saying, Pastor Tolliver, is, was I right or wrong? He said, you were right and you're being persecuted. Never close your mouth when it comes to proclaiming the truth about the goodness of God. I encourage you, start planting that in your kids now so they don't get duped out of being a witness. Now, I want to close with one scripture. This is Psalm 33. The Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to nothing. That's verse 11. He makes the devices of the people of none effect. There's some devices. There's some things dividing. There's some things that are devices or traps or plans or manipulation. He said he brings the counsel of the heathen to nothing. I've been praying that way lately. He makes the devices of the people of none effect. In other words, when people choose against him, he will undo that. If somebody asks, blessed. I wish this was, was the only thing you remember today of anything. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Not everybody's going to say that over our nation today, but I will. Blessed is this nation, for my God is the Lord. Jehovah God, Heavenly Father, is the Lord. He's in charge. He's in control. Why? Because we're asking him to be. I know this is different. You think, well, what's pastor's got a burr in his tail or something. Yep. Called the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he just says, you will do as I say. It's one of those moments. I say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I get good at saying, yes, sir. I'm going to pray over you this prayer today. Simple. Let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. The New Testament version of the Old Testament verses started with, who brings the eye salve? God's word brings the eye salve. 
and, and where we've had some dim view of something, we begin to see our life is not our own. Our life is hid with Christ in God. If we don't ask for the blinders to be removed, we will think all of these things are just our decision and our right. You see, in America today, even with Christians, rights are more celebrated than truth. So now all kinds of things have come into the church and are being forced to be acceptable when they're not acceptable to God. Our eyes are going to be opened by what the Scripture says again. I'm not trying to convince you with what I think. I'm trying to point to God's Word and let you be convinced by what God's Word says of what's right and what's responsible. I'm going to pray for you now. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name. You open the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened to who Jesus is in our life, how to cooperate fully with the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, purge in us any wicked way. We turn from it and repent in Jesus' name. Father, we, we take hold of responsibility right now for the governance of this nation. And we call for you to move supernaturally to appoint leaders that you have foreordained for bringing in your will in this nation and in the earth. Heavenly Father, you have a plan within man. You don't have a, 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 a plan that we do independent of you. You have a plan where we depend on you fully. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you stir in our hearts your desire of what's right and know the difference between right and wrong, to not be convinced by the doctrines of devils or the thoughts and of intellectualism, but rather what is the truth of your word and what does it say that we act and live accordingly? Heavenly Father, in this house and by our own actions, we proclaim Jesus as Lord over the United States of America. Jesus as Lord over the state of Illinois and all of our local governments and all of our, our local authorities. Heavenly Father, we call them blessed. We ask that as you open the eyes of your church, you open the eyes of all those that would lead in this nation. Father, cause there to be an awakening as our eyes are open to wake up to the reality of this moment and the years to come that we lead in the earth for the Lord Jesus. Father, that we not only have an awakening, but a great reviving of hearts toward the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for our place and our part in that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org. You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's Word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of His Word.